flows from her more so than me. In fact, I think that she actually makes me um, look good. <laughs> so we just want to bless you and honour you this day and just say thank you for all that you are, everything that you bring. Yeah, I know you shared it with Ross. Don't, you said to Ross, don't, don't stop sharing who you are, what Father's got inside you because we need that because you teach us and you teach us. And I just want to say thank you today. Yeah. So, happy Mother's Day. I know it's not always a happy day. <laughs> um, I, I've, somewhere in my message, I have um, a thought that says, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater because the reality is that not everyone's had a wonderful upbringing or great mums and dads. But truth is that generally across society, most people have had pretty good mums or dads. And so for the one or two that haven't, we apologise and we step into that space and whatever we can do to fill that void, to be there for you, we want to be there for you. But we will continue to celebrate the mums and dads that have done a wonderful job to the best of their ability in Jesus' name. Amen. So hey, beautiful mums, amazing mums, magnificent mums, mums-to-be, mums that became mums and thought, oh my goodness, what have I done? You know, anyone ever been there before? Like seriously, I had three girls, Mel and I have been married for 20 years, so I started again with the two boys, and I reckon there were moments where I said, oh my goodness, what have I done? You know, like, you want to go there again, have another child? No chance. <laughs> but thank you. Um, I, I think we need to also acknowledge all those that said that... Um, we talk about spiritual mums, but mentoring, mentoring and coaching and all that sort of stuff at the moment is so big across not just Christendom, but, but the corporate world and just life in general. And sometimes it's wonderful just to have someone that's alongside you because they do become like a mum or dad, you know, just in sharing their wisdom and their life with you. And there is so much for us and so many people for us to celebrate and be thankful for. So we've got to honour mums. And if we're going to do that, I figure it might actually be a good idea to work out what mums actually do. You know, like if you're going to celebrate someone, if you're going to clap your hands at them, if you're going to give them all the accolades, you probably want to try to work out what they actually do. Um, it's probably a good place to start. Now, I'm told, because I don't know from a first-hand experience, because I'm not a woman, that mothering can be difficult that it's not always a walk in the park. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can be honest. It's all right to say, dang, this is a tough gig. You know, it's not like you get paid six figures for it. <laughs> and sometimes it's quite thankless. But I've, I've been told that it's actually difficult. Here's, here's a couple of you know, small stats slash stories. They reckon by the time a child reaches 18, a mother has had to handle some extra, you ready for this? 18 to 20,000 of child-generated work hours. Yeah? So what that means is those facts then suggest that women who have never had children actually get to enjoy the equivalent of an extra, you ready for it? Three months a year in leisure time. That's not bad, eh? Like, like this is up there. This, this is how much time a mum sews in. Now, a high school teacher taught on the properties of magnets to a whole class, yeah? Now, I actually really like this. The next day, he gave his students a, a little bit of a quiz. And, and the first question was really easy, and it read like this. My name begins with 
an M for magnet. It has six letters and I pick things up. What am I? Half the kids actually in the class wrote mother. <laughs> like, no deal, it was a magnet. You know, reminds me of a, another story of a father who was trying to actually explain what marriage is to his four-year-old daughter. And so he thought he'd be really smart about it. He got out the wedding album because some people think better with pictures, yeah, rather than just, I guess, just uh, uh, verbal cues. And as they're looking through all of these pictures, thinking that they would help, he explained the whole wedding service to the daughter. Yeah? Now, when he was finished, he actually asked her, do you have any questions at all? And she pointed to a picture of the wedding party and asked, Dad, when did Mum come to start work for us? <laughs> if you've been around an Italian home, that makes total sense. When did mum start to come work for us? If you're doing Mother's Day in an Italian heritage, mum's cooking, waiting for us to arrive. You know, that's how it works. So mums, they, do, they just do a stack of stuff. I think we need to acknowledge that, yeah? Um, our mums are amazing, and I really want to try to champion mums this morning. And I'm not leaving the dads out, but if you're smart, you'll maybe pick up some cues here, yeah? Pick up some stuff. But it's important that we celebrate the champions that are amongst us. Because so often, yeah, we don't know when we've done something right. Yeah? We don't know when we're actually winning. We don't know when we're having an influence. I imagine the words spoken you know, to Ross today, to any of the worship team, when we say we value you, sometimes it's like, thank you. I needed to hear that today. And I think for women in general, for mums, mums to be, the roles that you fill, we just want to say, hey, you know what, we want to take our hat off, we want to celebrate you, because you actually, so many of us live with doubts, yeah? So many of us live with the enemy's voice telling us that we're not good enough, we've fluffed up, stuffed up, we'll never redeem that time again. You know what, you just need to be told, you have done an amazing job, you're an amazing per person, and you have been created and sculptured in the image of the living God. Yeah, So our mums are amazing. Their love, their passion for us, it's never ending. I, I, my prayer and hope is that every child gets to experience that. I love that people like um, Catherine begin and, and others, they, they step into this place of fostering children because they want to pour love into these kids. And so many of them have never experienced that. And it's the first time they get to experience this unconditional love. That's, that's outstanding. What, what a phenomenal, worthy sacrifice that is, yeah? So that's why we want to value them today because they're constantly giving. They're always loving, always. They're regularly sacrificing and they're always giving of their very best. Even when they know it's not their best, it's still the best of what they're able to give at that moment, yeah? You know, I guess when you've got kids and you're a mum and one of your parents pass away in the midst of grieving and mourning, you're still playing parent. You're still playing mum. You're still doing those things to love your children. You never stop, even though you're in the middle of grieving. It, it, is a, it is a tireless, sometimes thankless role. But today, we just continue to say, thank you. You know, thank you. You know, Mel has often shared that she doesn't love our, our kids because she has to. Well, she sort of does. But because she has to or because someone's told her to. But she's actually shared over and over and over again from the minute that they came out of her tummy, because that's actually where they did come out from, 
my, you know, I, biologically, they were caesarean, so it was out of the tummy. I'm not confusing them, I'm not making it G-rated, right? I'm just putting the facts out there. She says that she fell deeply, madly in love with them, yeah? Like, totally, straight, the minute that they came out. And, and I think over time, it's only increased. So, I, I know that your, your mothers, yeah, your mothers, mothers, that your mothers loved you. I know that. No matter how difficult they may, of a time they may have had in raising you, whether it was their issue or your issue, if it was tough, but I know they loved you. And I know that the love that you mothers have for your children when you birth your children, when you begin to love on someone, when you, get, when you begin to mentor someone, when you get alongside and start to walk with them because you don't want them to make the same mistakes that you may have made, yeah? I think that's brilliant. So we're talking about mums. We need to look at Mary, I figure, yeah? Generally, Mother's Day is a good day to look at Mary. Actually, lots of days are a good day to look at Mary. But today's not a bad day. So John 19, verse 26 and 27 and it reads, when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to his disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, the disciple took her into his home. I love the message translation of that passage. The message translation of that passage reads, Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing near her. He said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then to the disciple, here is your mother. From that moment, the disciple accepted her as his own mother. Yeah? Like, it's brilliant. Now, let's paint a bit of a picture and give it some context. Because Jesus makes this statement as he's being crucified, right? At his crucifixion, as his mother that birthed him stood at the cross and watched it all, watched him being nailed. Think about it. Her child to the cross, witnessing her son's death. No parent. No parent wants one of their children to pass before they do. Yeah, And she's witnessing all of this. And Jesus makes this statement that I think expresses how much he appreciated and how much he loved his own mum, how much he loved Mary. So she was the one that was losing. You know, She was losing her son, the one that she'd loved her whole life. From the moment that he was born, she loved him, cared for him, took care of him, wiped the Messiah's butt, yeah? She did everything for him, birth, fed, washed, nurtured, worried over, shed tears over, prayed over. She did all of that. Now, Jesus, loving her so much, this is what I think anyway, yeah, made sure moments before he dies, like you're going to think about it, I'm about to die, but he has this thought, this is my focus, this is a priority, I have to get this done before I, I fulfill prophecy, yeah? before I fulfill the, the Father's will. And, and moments before that, what does he do? He, in knowing the suffering that she's about to endure, knowing the void that's about to be created upon his death, <laughs> he actually puts a plan into place that relieves some of that from her. In the midst of his pain, he creates an opportunity for her to keep loving. In the midst of, of certain death, yeah, he creates this place where now John, because that was the disciple he loved, yeah, and the disciple that loved him, he creates this space and place for John to have an opportunity to know how well he was loved when he was a child. 
You know, can you imagine being Mary? Imagine how she must have felt at the foot of the cross, you know, witnessing her own son's crucifixion. Could you imagine what that would be like? I get, I'm funny. When one of my boys gets hurt, I get angry. One, I get angry at them because they get hurt. Then I get angry because I can't fix their hurt because we're wired to fix things. I really... I already have enough hang-ups that I see a counsellor for that I can't fix things at home. You know, I'm not a handyman, but then my son falls over, breaks his arm. Why did you do that? Beep, beep, beep. Let me, do I can't fix it. Ah, right. Like no one, no one else is like that, right? Just me? Okay. Oh, yeah. Like seriously, why did you hurt yourself? Like why did you do that? Did you plan to do that? Did you get up this morning and think, I'm going to hurt myself? I'm going to jump off the roof and break my leg. Why? I can't fix your leg. Pray for it, Daddy. Oh, Lord, give me faith. <laughs> like, I know I'm the only one. I must be the only one. So here she is watching her son being crucified. And she starts to watch her precious son, her dearly loved son, her firstborn son, the one she gave birth to, yeah? Without an epidural, <laughs> without gas, without any of that stuff that she loved from birth, that the love that she had for this child would have been growing as he grew inside of her. The one that she gazed upon and said, man, this kid is... You know, you know, have you noticed how mums do that? When their child's born, they think it's the most beautiful child in the world. Now, I don't think there's a woman that could actually openly say in front of another woman that she's ever seen an ugly baby. Man, have you seen an ugly baby? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't want to mention names, but my girls know that I thought one of them wasn't very pretty when she was born. She looked like Jeff Finney. I know, right? See, that's the look that was on my face. I didn't make that. Whoops, don't fall. That's what happens. All right, Angel, I won't go there again. Anyway, so... Mums have this ability to look at their children and think, oh my goodness, they're so beautiful. Oh, they're lovely. Do you want to hold the baby? Um, but here's Mary. Mary's looking at Jesus thinking, wow, this is the most beautiful child that has ever been born. Yeah? That has ever been born as she gazed upon her firstborn. So beautiful, so precious. The one that she'd loved and cared for his entire life. Taught, read, yeah? discipled now he's being tortured he's being persecuted yeah now he's being whipped he's being beaten he's being flogged he's being hung up on a cross to die and this woman this mother couldn't do anything nothing mary couldn't do anything to stop it she couldn't protect jesus you know what it's like when you feel like you can't protect your kids yeah she couldn't protect her son she couldn't intervene there was absolutely nothing Nothing that she could do to prevent his death. All she could do was watch. That's all she could do. She had no control over the situation, whatever. And, and I don't know about you, but I don't know if I could watch if it was one of my boys, one of my girls that was on the cross. In the same breath, I don't know if I could actually, I don't know if I could walk away and leave them there if that was them on the cross and there was Mary watching. Yeah? This woman, this woman of God having to watch the life ebb out of her son Jesus, yeah? A child she loved, a child that she would have done anything for. She would have taken his place in a heartbeat. 
You know, watching life slowly ebb out of Jesus must have been just total and pure torture for Mary. You know, the love Mary had for Jesus was so great that she was there all the way. She didn't leave his side. Man, you've got to love that. She, she couldn't hide. She, if I'm taking scripture for the way it's written and what she did in a COVID environment where a parent's not allowed to go into hospital, you know, remember all those times? She would have been the one ranting and raving at the front. That's my son. You're not going in without him, without me. No, no. You take him, you take me, otherwise give him back. That's what she would have been like. She was there till the end. Then after, after Jesus' death, uh, you know, his burial in the tomb, it was Mary. It was In fact, it was all three Marys. There must be something about the name Mary. But it was, it was Mary that after the Sabbath and, and as the new week began to come in, it was Mary that was keeping vigil at the tomb where her son was buried. Not even death could keep her away from her son. Man, what a mother. Women, though, regardless of your age, you have an amazing ability to endure. You need to hear that. You need to embrace that. You need to own that. It's, it's in you. God's placed that inside of you, the amazing ability to keep believing when everybody else has stopped believing. To believe in your kids, even when everybody says they'll amount to nothing. Oh, you know what? They will be everything. When every, everyone else thinks the situation's hopeless and there's nothing else you can do, a mother never gives up. You never give up. It's in you. Even when you're frustrated, it's still in you. Now, I don't know who this is for today, but I just want to encourage you, totally, if you're a mother, there's a child that you're believing for, just keep believing. Yeah. yeah. If, there's a, if there's a child that you're trusting God for, just keep trusting. If there's a child that you're praying for, just keep praying. If the child who's, that's a little lost, who's gone astray, you might think they can't find their way, don't give up on them. It's in you to be there, to be waiting, Yeah. Now, God has given you women this inner strength, great courage, great determination to see the breakthrough come to pass. Keep praying, keep believing, keep loving because God never gives up on us. And one thing that I'm learning more and more as I, as I watch Mel, as I watch my mum, as I read the word is that women, you do not give up on your children. God has created you this way on purpose, on purpose. Not by accident, not by fluke, but on purpose. You are women of great courage, whether you know it or not. Yeah, each and every one of you. Those that are listening at home, don't doubt it. Enemy wants you to not believe it. The world wants you to not believe it. <laughs> You're the weaker sex, a lot of hope. Man. If we men could have some of that courage that you women have. Yeah? You never give up. You don't easily give up. You're not easily deterred. You're like bull terriers on a bone. I know what it's like when I'm fighting Mel. She should know when to give up, but she doesn't. She just keeps going. In the end, I have to stop. <laughs> Sometimes anyway. God has made you strong and courageous. 
that you would fight for those that you love, that you would fight for your children and your grandchildren, your spiritual children, your foster children, your connect group children, however it works, yeah? yeah? That you would fight for those that you love, fight for the children God has given you, that you would believe every good thing in the face of adversity, the wonderful plan that God has for their lives. And that somehow you won't give up until you see it. You know, I love Jeremiah 29, 11, and I'm certainly not going to take this out of context. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Awesome message. We use it all the time as ministers to encourage people. But, but this passage, it, it's written smack in, in the middle of hardship and suffering and adversity. You know, the children of Israel, I'm telling you, they wanted a, a deliverer. They wanted an escape. They wanted to be rescued straight away. But for whatever reason, Father God doesn't come to the rescue, if you know the passage. But this is written, for I know the plans I have for you. So this is what I know. Instead, God has a plan to prosper his people amidst the hardships. Yeah, And that same God has a promise for the future of his people. So God has a hope and a promise for the future of your child. Yeah? yeah? Keep believing that. Because that's what that promise is all about. You know, there's another couple of women, mothers, who were always praying. And they, they were always believing and they were always standing strong in the Lord despite the discouragement they faced. The Bible talks about them, Lois and Eunice. Yeah? And... And the child that was birthed was a child of great faith, the Bible says. The child was strong and had mighty faith, all because, what? His mother passed on her faith. The grandmother passed on her faith. That's the only reason we know anything about Timothy. Here's the, the splendor of the strength and courage that you carry as women. Timothy's father wasn't a man of faith. Timothy's dad wasn't a man of faith. It was his mother and his grandmother that were. Yeah? So now, I'd imagine that probably wasn't easy if you were Timothy's mum trying to raise him in the things of God. Yeah? I have friends who have faith, who love Jesus, whose partners don't walk in the same faith. And it's hard. It can be hard. But they stand faithful regardless. There's something so powerful about that in itself. But Timothy's mum having faith that she couldn't share with a husband that she loved. Imagine that. I often say to my girls, if they're watching at home, when they're going to bring home a boy, you know, every once in a while in the past when they were younger, they weren't always faith believers. And so, yes, I'd probably do a little bit of stirring the pot. You know, like, you know. But often I would end up saying, so have you thought this through? How's that going to work when eventually you want to get married? What church are you going to get married in? Who's going to be the God that you follow? How are you going to raise your children in faith? How are you going to do that? Oh, Dad, it's too early. We've sort of only been out twice. Well, it's important to know now. Because if it's not going to work, easier to cut it off now. I think it's our responsibility as parents, as mums and dads, to give advice to our kids. They may not accept it. We're going to accept them regardless of the decisions they make. Yeah, We are. But it's important as faith-filled believers 
to raise our kids with faith so they can be filled to the brim with it flowing over. Amen? You know, Timothy's dad wasn't a believer, but Timothy's mum was. And, and she didn't allow that to discourage her. Man, what a woman. She didn't allow that to stop her. She still raised a son that was full of faith. Man, that is so good. So Timothy has this great legacy of faith, a great heritage of faith that the Bible says was passed on to him. Yeah? Passed on to him from his mother and grandmother. Now, I want to make a point. I know it's Mother's Day. I'm not saying that fathers aren't important. I know that fathers are important. I know that in our home, I am important. I know that in any home, a dad is important. I certainly... I certainly encourage and every single dad with his kids, every single mum with his kids, but I do believe it works much easier yeah, when the two are combined. You know, I love meat. This is a really bad analogy. I'm making it up as I go, you know, so bear with me. But when I cook a steak, it's nice to have some salt, but I, I don't like to eat it without pepper. Now, I could pepper it, and that's nice, and I could eat it, but I don't want to eat it without salt. The two combined, though, oh, thank you very much, you know. That's a little bit better. It's just like that with kids. For me, it doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. Sometimes you just need to see that. And, and this is why it's so important. Man, I'm going totally off my message. This is why it's so important to be connected. It's why it's so important to have, for me, a church family, a, a believing family, because it takes a village to raise a child. So if you're a single mum, man, I don't know how you do it. But you know what? Have a look around the building. Have a look in your churches. Have a look in the places that you go because there are spiritual men that can come alongside yeah, and help you to raise that child. Yeah? For the single dads, I know you're doing it tough, but have a look in your church where there are women of faith that may be older, may have raised kids, got grandkids. Maybe they can speak wisdom into your children too. It takes a village. The role of the father is just as important. But today, Mother's Day, I want to highlight... The brilliance, the importance of your role as mums. You know, women carry such a great strength. You are courageous. Courageous. You are courageous. That word just won't come out. Courageous. You are courageous. Here, let's just do something a little bit different. Men, I know that you know that you're a man, so do not speak. Okay? Women, now I want you to repeat after me. I am courageous. I just won't come out, will it? Come on, women. I am courageous. But see, they teach you, whether you're at a sporting club or you're speaking to a positive thinker, that sometimes, just speaking it like that, yeah, sometimes you've got to put a bit of um into it, you know, a bit of ethnic into it, a bit of, oh, there's words I want to use that capture my thought, but I can't in this place especially on camera. So we're going to try that again. Just, just be a little bit louder. I want you to believe from the inside of you, deep within you, as deep as you go, I am courageous. I am courageous. I am a God seeker. I am a, God -seeker. I am a prayer warrior. I, prayer warrior. I, love the word. I love the word. I'm created in his image. You've got to say that over and over because you are courageous and you are God-seekers and you're raising children that are full of faith. Yeah, you're created in the image of the living God. You're prayer warriors, you're lovers of the word. That's who you are. 
You can change the world around you just by being you. You, know, you have, you have, you have. Yeah, man, you have the ability to breathe faith and life into your children and families. You have. I see it time and time again in my wife. When I'm in one of those moods, you know, I can either be in one of those moods where I want to curl up into a fetal position. It's really sad now because that fetal position seems to be growing. But it's either that or I can be a little bit angry, a little bit frustrated, but I can see how she just in a moment can either wind me up or bring me back down to a place where I'm calm again. I see it the way that she deals with the kids. She tells me all the time, don't speak to the boys, don't do it. I go, why? Because you'll escalate it. No, I won't. I'll be calm. You know, walk in like Superman, and then all hell breaks loose. And Mel walks in with his really soft voice. Come on, boys, I don't know, I love you, and you're so special. God made you like this, it's okay. And then all of a sudden, everything's good. It's like, that's just not right. They should have listened to my elevated, I'm going to kill your voice. You know, women, you have the ability to breathe life into your families and into your children. Esther, Esther breathed life into a whole nation. A whole nation. There was death. It was certain. People's lives and faith were at stake. They were going to be totally destroyed. And here's Esther, this woman of great faith. She had courage and yet she was still afraid, but still she stepped into that space, yeah? And she breathes life and she saves the lives of an entire nation. You and I have no idea the effect or influence that our children will have when they get older. And you now have the ability, yeah, I'm going to say to save an entire nation, for your children to be influencers in their schools and in their workplace, yeah? influencers in their churches, influencers in the community, because of, yes, the faith that they had, because it was instilled and they were loved and nurtured by you. You know, women, are you, <laughs> are you an Esther today? Who is God calling you to breathe life into? Timothy's mother and grandmother, Lois and Eunice, they breathed life, breathed faith, and they raised up this child of God. You know, Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, it reads, and this is the message version just because it reads really sweetly, that precious memory triggers another, your honest faith. And what a rich faith it is handed down from your grandmother, Lois, to your mother, Eunice. And now to you, and the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on, and it goes on. But, and what rich faith it is handed down from your grandmother and your mother. You know what that means? It means that you have within you yeah, a superpower. Really. It doesn't matter whether you're not a mum yet. It doesn't matter whether you've had kids and you're a grandmother. It doesn't matter if you're mentoring or fostering. You have. The inbuilt God ability, God's superpower, yeah, to hand down your faith. To hand down your faith. Faith that was handed down to Timothy, that means you can pass on faith. You can release faith into your children. You can raise up children of great faith, just like they did. Children that will impact the world. And you know what? If they impact their small circle... When you step into that circle, that's their world. 
They can impact their world. They can impact our world. They can change the world that we live in through their faith that you've handed down. I believe that. But do you? Or has the enemy robbed you of all the good things that you've done and told you that you're no good? You know, Lois and Eunice, how did they do that? Second Timothy in chapter 3, verse 15, and says, And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. This tells us that Timothy was taught the scriptures when he was a boy by his mother and by his grandmother, by Lois and Eunice. And I love the scripture because it says he was taught scriptures when he was just a boy. How old was he? You know what? Who knows? Who cares? One thing I know is that Timothy was very young, very, very young when they began to teach him the things of God. Mel will tell you that both Nathan and Samuel were probably a similar age yeah, when they began to learn about Father God because we began to teach them and bringing them to church and you know, Sunday school and the village and all of that stuff. So mums, but dads, this is when you've got to jump in too. You've got to hear this too. You don't have to wait until they're 10. You don't have to wait until they're 15, nor should you wait until they're 20. But your role as a mother, our role as parents is to wholeheartedly teach and pass on our love and passion for Jesus to our kids. You know, our prayer is often that our children would do even greater things than us and have greater faith than we have. Yeah? Have greater influence and reach more people. I, I love that I get to see that in action a little bit with my daughter Faith. You know, she's involved in ministry at a couple of churches and a whole bunch of different places. And, and when she was just 17, 18, you know, we would go to places and she would say, geez, Dad, you know everyone. Everyone knows me because of you. I go to places now and faith comes up to me and goes, everyone knows you because of me. <laughs> Shut up, faith. I know, I know I prayed the prayer. doesn't make me happy. And like, I wanted to be the influencer. <laughs> you know? Dang, I lost that. <laughs> Our prayer is that they would win more for Jesus. You know, Nathan at a young age, he's really shy yeah, until you get to know him. At a young age, because you know, kids are into social media, he made a Jesus social media account that went nuts. Just went nuts. All of a sudden he had followers from all over the world. And Samuel would go, oh my goodness, have a look at that. Have a look at all of my followers. But then Sam would go, but check out how many I've got. And Nathan would go, yeah, you bought yours. Mine just like me. You know, like he was, as he was sharing his, sharing his faith. Now, I, I can tell you he doesn't have that account anymore because we all go through moments where we want to, we all do, if we're going to be honest, where we look, all look after our image. Yeah? And when, it, when you're younger, the peer pressure at the moment, you've got to look after your image. But man, I saw faith, just faith. Rise up out of that kid. He didn't care. You know, you see that so often in different children who just don't, don't care. You know, our children are so fortunate that they have mothers and fathers, seriously, like you, yeah, that your kids have you. Yeah, they could have had anyone else, but they've got you. They are so, so fortunate, so blessed that they have you and nobody else. Yeah? People who love God and that are raising their kids in faith. 
who are laying foundations for their life, who are showing them how to live and how to love God. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a Catholic home, and for those that are listening, it's nothing against the Catholic Church, but my, my parents weren't practising. I didn't learn my faith from them. I learned my faith from mentors that came alongside, yeah? Men and women who spoke faith into me, who inspired me, that became my spiritual mums and dads. That, that's how I grew in my faith. How much more blessed are our children that they've got you guys? Yeah? That you can impart great faith, talk about the things of God from an early age. I mean, you and I have actually have the ability and opportunity to share with our children what God's doing in our lives and how amazing he is in moving in us and through us. You know, our sons, they love to worship. You can see it in Samuel. Nathan, I said, Shire. He, you can see his lips move if you're up the front because he's singing. But I remember just like yesterday, we had a worship time at home. And, <laughs> and sorry, Nathan. And he didn't want to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm assuming I'm going to play Xbox. I'm going to be there. Xbox. All my friends are Xbox, you know. Right? And we're like, no, you've got to be here, right? And I was like, calm down or he won't want to stay. Well, he should stay. Anyway, lo and behold, she calmed the situation. All four of us, I think, or it might have been three of us. I can't even remember if Samuel was there. Was Samuel there? Anyway, in our front lounge room, we just got some worship music on YouTube, you know, and we're playing. And we're just singing along to that. And, you know, you get into it, so you turn it up a bit. And you get into it. It's like, oh, they can hear me sing. Turn it up a bit more, you know. And then from the corner of my eye, <laughs> there he is on his knees, hands raised, worshipping God. You have the ability to instill that into every one of your kids. You don't always see it, but every once in a while you catch a glimpse of it. You think, dang, man, I'm doing a good job, you know. Next minute he's on his knees worshipping. Wow. Samuel, the next minute he's playing his guitar. Everyone's asleep in the house. It's like, wow, are you serious, mate? You know, like, you have this, oh, it's so good, he's worshipping. I'm trying to sleep. You know, like, it's, uh, it's never too late, mums. It's never too late, dads. As they get older, we won't have to teach them how to worship God because they'll already be worshipping, you know. When they get older, we won't have to teach them that God's a miracle-working God because they would have already experienced it. In the home and outside the home, they would already have known. You know, when we have needs, you and I have needs, and we know people in our ministry, in our homes, in our community have needs, what do we do? How do we express love for them? We pray for them, and we pray through the day, and we pray in bed at night, and we pray when something's on our heart. And you know what? Our kids have seen that. They've witnessed that. I've seen our kids pray. I've seen our kids say, how come we prayed, but Dad, your back's still sore? Well, you've got to love the tough questions. Just keep praying. It's getting better. You know those, like, those I know none of you ever do it, those white fibs. Does it feel better when they're really young? Yeah, of course, yes. Oh, yeah, it feels much better. And you're like, oh, dang, the pain. Sometimes it takes faith for us to step out in faith while they're praying in faith. Get your head around that one. But they grow into adults and we won't have to teach them. They'll just know. Especially today, are you hearing this, women? Are you hearing this, mums, mums-to-be? Are you hearing this? Are you hearing the wonderful privilege and honour that you have? You know, if you want them to love God, 
I'm going, I'm going over time. I just want to play a video. If you want them to love God, if you want them to know God loves them, you're going to have to show them. Yeah, you're going to have to teach them. Hear me, it's within you, it's inside of you. Don't listen to what the world has ever said. You can, you have, you will. You're planting seeds of faith. You're women of faith. Just trust Abba with the rest of it. You're planting seeds of greatness. Mums, you are so important. You are so vital. You are so needed. The next generation and the next generation is waiting on mums to raise their kids. Yeah? That's the responsibility that he's given you. Here, let me put it to you like this. God did not trust us men with the gift of giving birth to children. You've got to hear that. I know we joke and say, hey, we don't have to go through the pain. <laughs> but he did not trust us <laughs> with that gift. He trusted you. There's something inside of you that only you can do. And that, that is just awesome. God loves you and he believes in you. The key, you can only impart to your children what's happening in you, on the inside of you. You impart your faith relationship with God to our kids, to your kids. So can I challenge you? Have a great relationship with God. Take every opportunity you can to spend time with him, to read his word, to worship. I know you do. Maybe do it some more, I don't know. Do it when the kids are watching. Not on show, but so they can see. Bring them to church. Don't give them an option to find a village that is not this one. I know the world's busy. I know the world's busy. And I know kids want to do stuff. There's lots of stuff, but I reckon I said a month ago, you can do all of that stuff. You can do a thousand days of that stuff, but none of that is better than one day in the house of God. Don't give them a chance when they're young to build a village somewhere else. Don't do it. Timothy was passionate, selfless. He was a disciple of Jesus. He preached the gospel fearlessly. His character was impeccable. He saw signs and miracles and wonders all because his mother and grandmother imparted their faith. You know, you have the chance to do the same thing. I'm going to read this and then we're going to play a video so that you can see the importance of your role, but also so we can have a little bit of laugh as we walk out the door, yeah? Proverbs 31, I love this. Not the whole thing. First one, I like the whole thing for those, don't take that out of context, my goodness. I'm not going into the whole thing. But from verse 28, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. But really what I want to emphasize is verse 29 and 30 because it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you've come into motherhood. It doesn't matter how you're going to walk into motherhood. It doesn't matter how that looks. But many women do noble things, but you, 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 you surpass them all. Yeah? Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Get the message translation of this. Many women have done wonderful things, but you've outclassed them all. Today, if you take anything away, know that when God looks at you, you have outclassed them all. He's given you the courage and the strength and the wisdom to raise children in a way where, that no one else can. It doesn't matter what you've done wrong in the past because you can make it right because it's in you. Yeah? 
It's how you were built on purpose. And I believe God has called you to raise faith-filled, God-loving children in Jesus' name. Can we have the video, um, Vic, and then we're done. And Thanks, to like that or gymnastics or any dance lessons yeah. are just expensive you know and I oh either one no 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 hey please please sorry we closed already come back tomorrow no no but tomorrow's mother's day hey 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 I have cash oh I like him I have let's cash let's make it snappy boys I got some hungry kitties to get home to okay. I don't know why you want to buy your wife something that's just going to be dead in three days it's a thank you for all the slack she picks up with our family. I mean, you and I both know I'm a mediocre dad and husband at best. Hey, listen up here, me amigo. Buying your wife a bowl of petunias is not going to assuage your sins for being an extremely subpar father and husband. I didn't say extremely subpar. <laughs> you didn't have to. <laughs> you know, Mother's Day gifts, they just seem so desperate. I mean, take me for example. I gave my wife, Victoria, the best gift that she will ever have. A diamond? My offspring. <laughs> what woman wouldn't want that? Here we go. Just let that sink in, the truth will set you free. All right, okay. All the phones, is there like eucalyptus in here? Is that eucalyptus or is that a cat? Ugh. <laughs> Uh, how much is this? Uh, 175 I think. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, 175 bucks and dead by Wednesday. <laughs> hey, la macaroon. Don't mind if I do. Okay, that's gonna leave a mark. Ugh. Hey, hold your goose, let me grab a couple of thank yous. <laughs> Some for the missus. Attention everybody. That's not eucalyptus. That is a bona fide cat. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and take this before he destroys the place. Uh, is this your shop? Uh, no, it's my mom's place. She opened it when we were kids. So I guess you didn't get her flowers for Mother's Day. <laughs> Actually, every Mother's Day, she would let each of us kids go through the shop and pick out something to give her. We'd all pick out the biggest, most expensive things we could find. <laughs> so I, so I, uh, I, I, guess, I guess she bought her own gifts? Oh, she paid for her flowers and much more. She paid with long days and short nights, replacing her worries with prayer. She gave up what she needed so that we could have what we wanted. She gave up more than I'll ever really know. But she didn't look at it that way. She would say, you all are my true little flowers, and it's my job to make sure that you are watered with love and placed in the light of the sun. I mean, that's what moms do, right? They help us grow in God's love so that we can be a witness to God in the world. So I thank God for her daily, and nowadays I sneak cash in the register and I pay for her flowers on Mother's Day. Receipt. Can you put the on the tab, please? Door, 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 door. I just 
Okay. I'm holding it with my foot. I am towing the door. I got it. I got it. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, boy. So, mums, it's your role, yeah? To give your kids a little bit of water and make sure you place them in the sun. You are wonderful. You are valued. You are appreciated. You are much better than what you ever give yourself credit for. Have a wonderful Mother's Day in Jesus' name. Amen.